Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. If memory serves, here at notlg.com. It's episode 24 of the Gaslighter Theater. I'm Taylor, and with me as he is every month when we, well, we, we take a look back at um, some vaudeville, some dancing, maybe some mm-hmm. awkward moments of uh, girlies sitting in our laps, um, and all sorts of other crazy things growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s. Uh, it's my brother, Seb. Seb, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I got to tell you, I think I've eaten more sugar over the past week than I have over the past year. It's been oh, uh, tell me about it. Yeah, my diet really took a real big hit to the solar plexus, but um, it was a good good Halloween all around. Mm. Um, I won the costume contest at my at my job. So oh, did uh, you? Nice. That was pretty fun. Um, what did you did, go? Uh, at? I was Charlie Brown. So oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. How how was Halloween with your family uh halloween was good here um we man i tell you the kids they are not into carving pumpkins really they like coming up with the designs they do not like even getting near the smell of pumpkin guts (laughs) Uh oh so it it becomes a job for the dads okay well such is life but halloween itself was good yeah. Um, Perrin went as Gandalf. Echo went as a character from a graphic novel that she's really into right now. Cool. Um, so she she had the experience of having to explain to everyone who she was. Right. I saw the photos on Facebook. They looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. But really, we, I mean, I think I only opened the door about eight times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it okay. was kind of quiet. Kind of quiet, yeah. Kind of quiet, yeah. I um, I had even wanted to get home today and start kind of tidying up the yard, um, mm-hmm. but I just was tired from the week. I'm like, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, things are going well. You know, we, here it is. It is the first of November. Normally, we're releasing an episode right now, but now we are recording. Mm. Uh, such is how the calendar works sometimes. Definitely. Um, but why don't we take a look at what has been going on previously on previously on previously on if memory serves. So it looks here, Valley Fair Mall, which was our mall growing up, um, has, has done a lot of growing itself. Um, and now it sounds like they're looking at charging for parking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely become a, obviously super upscale mall as we talked about in i think our second ever episode yes um and parking's always been a premium um especially because i think they're just about to open a new bloomingdale's department store in the valley fair shopping mall um and now it looks like in 2020 they're going to start charging people just for the uh, ability to park while they shop i mean it's not like You know, it's not like you're paying for uh, valet parking or anything like that. It's just basically they're going to, if you want to park at the mall, you have to pay. So, um, man, I really, I really feel this is kind of like the last nail in the coffin on our childhood mall. uh, Oh, have you you seen Valley Fair Mall? 
it doesn't look even remotely like what we grew up with. No, there's, I think maybe about a year and a half ago, I saw one last section of the exterior wall that still had the old paint scheme from the 90s. And mm-hmm. then next time I was there, totally gone. So yeah. yeah, I don't think there's much in the way of uh, original fixtures or stores. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's kind of a, a sad thing in a way. Um well, yeah, and and honestly, I I, I have the feeling that they're going to figure out pretty quickly that, you know, people who are already going there to spend money are not going to be too keen on spending money to park there as well. I I will have to say the one thing that does give me a ray of hope is there is a Mrs. Fields cookie uh, place in the mall mm-hmm. that it's still open and it's still the same one from back in like the late eighties, early nineties. It's right. It's right down where they used to have, I don't know if you remember the game gallery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like the one part of the mall where if I can close my eyes, I can feel like, you know, just smell it in. And I feel like I'm back in like 1995 or something. No, I like the smell. I don't necessarily love the politics that the Mrs. Fields corporation supports, but. Oh really? Oh Oh, yeah. Uh Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Um, but it does smell good. There's no yeah. turning that down. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think to look before we started recording, but I'm glad you did. We have a second review. Yes. Yes. On Apple iTunes. I'm happy to report that uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a extra, uh, our second, as far as I know, our second ever review for the podcast. Uh, uh, it was a review left by a commentator by the name of totally different California archivist. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit here. It's a quote, wow, what a fabulous podcast. Taylor and Sebastian don't just take a trip down memory lane. They take an excursion via the windingest path available. And they brought snacks. If eight hours per day of Sebastian expounding on the demise of his favorite childhood eatery slash actress slash retail establishment is not Boy, enough. I hope that's not all one place. <laughs> Then, then this is the podcast for you. Dulcet voice to Taylor provides added insights and occasionally gets them back on track. Only um, occasionally. The most astonishing aspect of the series, however, is just how indulgent their mother was. What a saint! Fortunately, both gentlemen acknowledge her as such, and she is rewarded with multiple thoughtfully selected gift cards every year. <laughs> If you are nostalgic for nostalgia, I wholeheartedly suggest that you subscribe to their podcast to learn more than you would ever thought you could uh, to learn more than you ever thought you could about growing up in the 1980s San Jose. I can't wait for the next one. Great job, gentlemen! And uh, and she gave us five stars. So nice. Thank thank you so much. Totally different California archivist. We really I'm, I'm appreciate... impressed that Seb knows you're a she. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I'm. Uh, yes. It's a good. <laughs> Good friend and coworker at work, um, but hey, we got we have two reviews in the bag, both positive so far. We're two for yeah. two. Uh, no complaints. And just remember, folks, if you leave us a review, regardless of the number of stars, we will read it. And if you're a coworker of Seb's, we'll doubly appreciate it. Thank you so much, folks, for listening to our <clears throat> podcast. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. That's very cool, Seb. Thanks for reading that. And why don't we find out what is going on now in the news? An ABC News Brief brought to you by Budweiser Beer. Stay with us. The late edition is next. And there is a lot 
of news to talk about this month. Holy smokes, I was throwing these links in here earlier this week, and I went, we could do an entire episode just on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oddly enough, a, a bit of video game news and a couple of spots here uh, this month, but someone is making a video game based on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> hey, Paisanos! That's exactly wow. right. Oh my goodness, I, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm assuming it's probably not a Nintendo video game, even though no, it is. No, it's not. This is completely a piece of uh, fan work, fan art. Right. Um, there are some animated GIFs of it uh, at the link to the story in the show notes. And it honestly, it looks great. Okay, so kind of like an unlicensed labor of love, for lack of a better phrase, maybe? absolutely is um he's already been working on it for about three years oh my gosh Um, he has a full-time job so this is something that he does in his spare time okay um and the animation is impressive Hmm. um it's just man it's neat it's neat to watch i mean i really this is one of those things that i would love to um, take part in when it is done and ready mm. to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a video and some pictures and stuff of the gameplay so far uh, mm. at the story in the show notes. Check it out. Um, I can't remember, and I don't see if he's got like a Kickstarter or something where he's trying to help it out. It doesn't look like he does. It literally looks like he is just doing it for the love of it and to keep his game programming skills up. So uh, right our hats on. off to you. Yeah, that and, rocks. Man, I'm all about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And if you like playing really vintage video games, um, Archive.org has actually got a ton of video games mm. um, that you can just play in your browser. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one that um, I was reminded of this past month that I know I played in school. Mm. Um, I don't know if you did. Um, but I was listening to a talk by a <clears throat> very smart, very wonderful gentleman named John E. L. Tenney. Um, and he just in conversation with someone mentioned this old Apple game called Lemonade Stand. Okay. Um, and I went, oh my God, that rings a bell. Mm. I feel like I remember this. And so did a little bit of searching and sure enough found this game found this game in a playable format Mm. and proceeded to lose my mind was this the game i know that you showed this to me earlier or last month um and i i claim not to have remembered it but is maybe i do remember it was this the game where you could maybe you could set the prices of how expensive so it's like if you made it super expensive you wouldn't sell any if you made it too cheap you would like because now that's starting to actually ring a little bell, actually. It, it absolutely um, is that game. So you are given the uh, the town of Lemonsville, California's weather report okay. for a particular day. Um, mm-hmm. And I have since noticed that there is no randomness. It will literally play out the same weather uh, <laughs> every time you play it. Because I've shown this to the kids, and frankly, they love it. Oh, no way, really? They absolutely love it. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so it's like, okay, you start with two bucks and, uh, it's two cents a cup to make lemonade and 15 cents a sign if you're going to put signs out Mm. and you have to figure out 
what's the ideal number of glasses of lemonade to make the mm-hmm. ideal number of signs and the ideal price to charge. Remember that it's made in 1979. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go sitting there being like 50, 75 cents. Yeah. You know, you're like 15 cents, 25 cents. Um, and sometimes the weather will throw you a curveball. Oh, it's cloudy today. Oh no, thunderstorms show up and you didn't sell <laughs> anything. And, um, it, it was pretty, pretty amazing to relive this game that I'd completely forgotten about, but, I'm bringing that story up because they've just added 2,500 classic MS-DOS games. Oh, really? That you can check out and play. And I have not even seen a complete list yet. It's like, here's the highlights. (laughs) Who needs sleep? (laughs) That's right. Who needs sleep? Um it's it's amazing i mean really two thousand i mean you can play what do they say uh um i don't even recognize half of these but my gosh that that wings of fury one i want to look for it Um, oh if if they have alone in the dark wipe out night trap microsoft flight simulator Mm. loom international Mm -hmm. sensible soccer that sounds like a just <laughs> rip-roaring exciting game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right, Not, yeah. No, yeah. Um, cannon fodder, B-17 <laughs> Flying Fortress. There's just, I mean, and that's literally like, I've just rattled off like eight out of right. 2,500. But I think this weekend I'm going to have to look for that Wings of Fury game. Goodness. Um, oh, and check God. that out. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Woo! So you remember going to the, uh, uh, I think, the original Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, sure, yeah. As we grew up? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it looks well, like we have a yeah. We have yeah, we have a link to a a story on the oral history of uh, everyone's favorite nightmare robots. Wow, the uh, Chuck E. Cheese band. Goodness. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty impressive. Like they've got uh, the story's got some videos of the old uh, animatronics. Um, you know, admittedly, I still wouldn't mind getting a couple of those and just, you know, piping Spotify into it and getting them to <laughs> rap or something. Who do you think would win in a fight? The animatronics at Chuck E. Cheese or the Bullwinkle Pizza animatronics? Ooh, boy, that that's a toughie. I will I will say based just on nostalgia, which is what we specialize in here. Right. Um, I'm going to say the Bullwinkle crew. You know, when the singularity does come and, you know, computers become sentient, I really hope that they take a robot form in the form of animatronic, you know, animated singing Bullwinkle mooses or Chuck E. Cheese rats. You know, I think it would make like being like slaves to them a little a little easier to take. You know, yeah, I can see I that. Besides, yeah. I mean, if we get to a point where we can upload our consciousness to uh, to a computer, why not stick it in an animatronic moose? <laughs> I I, uh, I call dibs on uh, the Dudley Do Right robot uh, for my uh, my my computer soul. Okay. Uh, all right. Cool. That that sounds good to me. Um, for what it's worth, I will not be Nell. <laughs> I will not be your Nell. No. Um, hey, underdog. Yeah. So yeah, underdog. There you go. There you go. You can be underdog. underdog. Definitely underdog. Yeah. Um, again. <laughs> Seb, do you know some of the words that were uh, first used in print when you were born? I'm not sure if I understand that sentence. (laughs) Well, I tell you what. Click on the next link in the show notes. Okay. And we can use Merriam-Webster's time traveler feature. Okay. 
to figure out what words were first used in print magazines, newspapers, wherever during the year you were born. Is this like how each year the Oxford English Dictionary announces new words that have been in, like officially entered into the English language? Correct. So I was born in 1978, so I wonder what words would have been born in the year 1978 along with myself. I get yep. it. Okay. So That's so I'm looking at 1976 right now. Again, okay. link in the show yep. notes. Um, yep. I'm very excited that Boogie Board <laughs> was first used in print the year right. I was born. Yeah. Butterfly Effect. Hmm. Interesting. Um, let's see. Class act. Wow. I would have thought that was older. Huh? Right. Um, cosmic background radiation. (laughs) Okay. Uh, at the same time, dream catcher and Ebola virus. Mm. (laughs) Ebola. Oh, great. You shared the birthday of Ebola. Well, Ebola virus. Yeah. Just the name, I guess. Killer B. Okay. Wow. Pooper scooper. (laughs) PMS meme. Oh man. Wow. That's a big one. That is. Yeah. Um, skeevy, mm-hmm. smart mouthed, mm. uh, trail mix, <laughs> uh, and then also wannabe white Zinfandel and wuss. <laughs> this has been the world's weirdest episode of Mad Libs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Should we take a look at 1978? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. And Ant- uh, attention deficit disorder. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Bit mapped. Okay. Bodice Ripper. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> Borderline Personality Disorder. Uh, well, that's me. Bustier. Definitely not me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, eye Candy. <laughs> Definitely me. Frequent Flyer. Huh, okay. Gender Identity Disorder. Whoa, uh, okay. <laughs> Half Pipe. Okay. Improv. Mm, mm-hmm logic bomb really yes oh okay off-grid open mic and pad tie <laughs> i'm hungry already wow. pay-per-view that's a uh, pay-per-view yes <laughs> sticky note okay uh swoopy i don't even know if i know what that word means i don't know either but okay. literally first used in print tinseltown oh really? gosh that that surprises me i would have thought that was my i'm very surprised by that one yeah i don't uh, know Right. And and tweener. Oh, wow. Well, I think we've learned something here tonight. Most definitely. So, yeah, that's uh, over at the Merriam-Webster site. Again, link to that in the show notes. Taking it back to uh, video games here real quick. Mm. Um, a, uh, a dentist, of all people, has acquired a treasure trove of retro games totaling just over a million dollars in value. So he paid the million, right? It's not like yes. he bought a storage locker and it's worth a million. Okay. No, he literally got in touch with multiple people who were selling rare, like, first issue, like, still in box kind of games. And so, was like, yeah. I want to buy all of these. What do y'all say? Wow. <clears throat> That's impressive. Yeah. 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 So we're looking at stuff like 1986's Mario Brothers arcade version. Uh, mm-hmm. The only known copies of 1985's Golf, 1986's Balloon Fight, 1986's Gumshoe. Wow. Jeez. Um, that must be a cool dentist. I would love to go to that dentist. Yeah, right? Wow. That'd be really neat. Think about all the things you could talk about. There, There is that, but the next time your dentist is like, well, look, we, uh, we got to do this procedure and it's really expensive. 
<laughs> yeah, Turn yeah, and go, gotta, okay, look, just how many video games are you trying to buy with this? He's got to feed the monkey, man. <laughs> I think so. Wow. that's uh, after I wonder, those coins. I wonder if there's like a toothbrush video game. Probably not. A tooth? Um, you know, like brush the cavities away or... God, that's probably, that's would, probably one of the MS DOS games on archive. There probably. might be, honestly. Yeah. I mean, looking at how the fact that you know some people have managed to make rather, I will admit, unimpressive video games based on the Bible, there's got to be one based on brushing your teeth. Well, I mean, if we can like sell lemonade, certainly we can brush our teeth. I bet. I want to find number munchers. Oh God, number munchers! I always got number munchers mixed up in my subconscious with. There was a TV show called Square One Television. Yep. And there was a video game character in there called Math Man. Yep. And I always get like, I always like, like toggle between the two in my memory banks, you know? You're not the only one. But yeah, Number Munchers, there was like the weird little troglodyte dudes, you know? Yep. But not little like tornado dudes with eyeballs. That was like the Square One TV, I think. Exactly. Wow, man. So it looks like you tossed this last one in here. Oh, yes. I did add a, a news story. Um, it looks like uh, McDonald's is bringing back retro Happy Meal toys. Apparently, for a very limited time in the month of November, people who go to McDonald's and order Happy Meals will get within their Happy Meal box a toy, a new toy that's exactly the same as some of their older toys. Um, it's a finite selection and it's going to be randomized as far as I can tell. So you don't, you actually won't know which of the little toys you'll get until you open it up. Huh. But I got to tell you, I'm, I mean, I'm, I have no shame. I'm going to do it. I'm just, you know, I was looking at the list of things and it's like, they have the little, they have the little McNugget buddies, you know, mm-hmm. they have the, they have the ones where they were like a little ha- little McDonald's hamburger that was like a transformer, you know, <laughs> and it's just like. I mean, there's certain ones I really hope I don't get. There's one where it's like a Furby and yeah. like playing a saxophone, and I'm like, eh, I don't need that. But, you can uh, just give that one to mom. Right, exactly. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, when you think about it rationally, I mean, it's kind of <sighs> evil to like, you know, con- convince little kids to eat really unhealthy food by giving them amazing toys, you know. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna do it, you know. No, and that and that that makes sense if you do it. I'm looking at a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, kids aren't really going to want most of this stuff. Oh yeah, no, I think they're definitely appealing to like our our age group. You know what I mean? Like the nostalgia people, mm-hmm. year olds, I guess. The no, midlife I think you're absolutely people. right, but yeah, that's completely not the market for Happy Meals. No, exactly right. Granted, so. some happy meal toy collector out there is is shouting at his his podcast app right now and sir we can't hear you i'm sorry you're gonna have to tweet at us um at memory (laughs) serves pod i yeah i don't know i i'm i didn't see anywhere i'm like dude yeah i'd go and try to get that particular one i mean Um, they don't have any of the lego sets that i would i will give them the negative marks for that i guess you know because those were always the cool ones i thought yeah and they're clearly not bringing back the uh you know the clamshell boats or anything oh oh if they did that i'd be all over that oh my god i'll I'll admit i would be all over that or like they used to have these like trick-or-treat pails called mcboo Mm -hmm. pails i think those are pretty cool too Um, yeah absolutely well we'll see what happens we will 
Indeed, yeah. and and sometime during the month, I'm sure my kids will be like, "Hey, can we uh, can we stop by McDonald's, please?" Because <laughs> every now and then they will do that. Well, I hope they have healthier options now. Maybe there's like you can uh, get they do. Oh, okay. okay. They do. You know, here's here's milk. Here's apple slices. Here's a yeah. yogurt tube or whatever. It, it's better than it was. You know, the That's the cool. order of fries is not very big. Okay. Um, okay. And Perrin only eats plain hamburgers anyway, so. Well, he's his, he, he's a chip off the old block. He he is, but I liked cheeseburgers. He doesn't even oh, like that. Oh wow! Gee yeah. Way. So so your grandson is gonna just like the buns, apparently. Probably. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I just want the bun. Right, Grandpa, yes, can I have the bun? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, this time on, if memory serves. We are talking about a place called the Gaslighter Theater, which you may or may not have heard of, listeners. Yes, the Gaslighter Theater was a San Jose slash Campbell slash South Bay institution for about 40 years, a little over 40 years, I think. And mm-hmm. um, ladies and gentlemen, listeners to our podcast, you will know that many of the episode topics that my brother and I choose to talk about are very niche topics that maybe not everybody who listens who didn't grow up where we grew up will necessarily relate to, but this is a really important spot in terms of the history of not only of our community, but but our family, really, because as we now enter November 2019, this is actually the month when our parents will be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Indeed. And the Gaslighter Theater is actually the place where they had their first date, which is pretty significant. In fact, the more and more I started thinking about tonight's episode, Taylor, the more I realized that this is probably the closest I'm ever going to get to actually living out the film or the plot of the film back to the future. Because if you think about Marty McFly, he goes back in time and sees his parents' first date. You know what I mean? Yeah. And tonight we're going to be talking about the history and memories that we have of a place where our parents had their first date. So it's a real kind of trip when you think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Gaslighter Theater... Um, tonight's episode, we'll, we'll be talking about our memories of the place, um, but it's going to be, at least as far as I'm concerned, or my part of the program at least, it's going to be very heavily heavily supplemented by um, an interesting document I found at the, the um, San Jose Public Library. Um, it turns out uh, back in 1977 or so, a woman wrote a master's thesis in theater arts, I guess, at San Jose State University and wrote a history of this theater that we're going to be talking about tonight. And I checked this thing out. I think it had been the first time it had been checked out in about 20 or 30 years. And holy cats, this thing is just a wealth of amazing information and memories about this little theater. Um, But um, I think... I guess the best place to start is to just talk about um, the Gaslighter Theater itself. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just start, if you don't mind. Let me Please. just start with just painting a picture. Grab the so, reins, paint a picture. So, ladies and gentlemen, imagine yourselves in a theater, not a movie theater, but a theater of a live musical performance performed by semi-professional actors at about eight p.m. The pianist takes his place and provides musical numbers in a style familiar to most as the musical arrangement heard at silent movies in the early 1900s. 
Throughout the performance, the only musician is the pianist who provides suitable music for each character. This clues the audience to an appropriate response. The musician talks through his piano and sometimes participates in the action from his place at the keys. At 8.30 p.m., the lights lower. The master of ceremonies appears and warms up the audience. He teaches the audience to hiss, boo, applaud, or cheer at the appropriate times. Should the heroine begin to weaken in the villain's arms, for example, shouts of, he's lying, he's lying, fill the theater. The master of ceremonies explains that the waitress will satisfy a customer's thirst if he raises one finger, then informs the audience that the room for heroes and heroines can be found at the entrance to the theater. He cautions the audience that the waitress holds a black belt in karate. He then introduces the melodrama for the evening, and the play begins. The audience is encouraged, nay urged, to boo and hiss the villain and villainess. Cheer and applaud the hero and heroine. You are otherwise admonished to comport yourself in a matter becoming ladies and gentlemen. Loud and profane language, language, boorish behavior, and expectorating on the floor will not be tolerated. The management. Some of the show titles you might encounter by going to the Gaslighter Theater include such classics as The Prince of Liars or The Gutta Percha Girl, The Orphans of Almaden or The Ballad of the Campbell Kid, Angel of Alviso or Dirty Deeds at Dry Diggins. Now, I'd like to interject real quickly because yeah. the the fact that, you know, the Gaslighter would have like, here's the title or here's our alternate title. Um it's the gaslighters use of this um, that completely inspired me to do that both with our episodes. You'll notice mm. we have two titles mm-hmm. and with podcastica, mm. um, we'll have two titles separated mm-hmm. by the conjunction or um, so yeah, there's, Oh yeah. It's, I have to throw that in. I, I, su- I suppose it's a very um, traditional uh, Victorian age melodrama um, uh, practice, I guess. Um, at, at least in, in vaudeville, I imagine. Vaudeville. The only place I'd ever come across that thing of having the two titles was, um, I think, Fractured Fairy Tales on Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think sometimes they would, or maybe some of the episodes of Rocky and Bullwinkle, they would say, you know, the something something or the something something. You know Oh, I mean? you know, you might be right. Um, which was something I always cued in on as a little kid. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, As I continue, after the melodrama, the Master of Ceremonies announces a 15-minute intermission to be followed by an olio, O-L-I-O, olio. Mm -hmm. The olio is usually a two-act presentation of old vaudeville or English music hall favorites and some current materials performed in a stylized manner. At the conclusion of the olio, the audience is invited to sing and dance with the cast in the foyer of the theater, an event that the gaslighters have related can last until two or three in the morning. And then here's some other tidbits I found in this uh, thesis. A gaslighter show averages the use of 120 costumes. Most items were purchased from Goodwill or the Salvation Army. The storehouse of hand-typed scripts for the melodramas and oleos were purchased from a Chicago publishing house that was going out of business. Most of the manuscripts had no author's name nor any identification. That's That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like they just always existed or, they, mm-hmm. you know, um, it says here that the first gaslighter performance in Campbell, California, was on Valentine's Day, 1969. Uh, the theater that that 
we know and love, being the Gaslighter Theater, uh, of course, located at 400 East Campbell Avenue. Uh, apparently, it was built in 1890 as the first mercantile bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a th- movie theater from about 1930 until the building was condemned in 1966. Um, from what I've read, the interiors of the theater were in poor condition. Walls, seats, and floors were all in need of repairs. There were 42 items on the file marshal's report factually describing the levels of deterioration. The floors were caked with crud, dead pop, dead rats, popcorns, spider webs. Dead popcorn. Old, dead yeah. popcorn, yep. Old, <laughs> old records had been thrown at the movie screen and were stuck to it. Everyone gave himself or herself to the task of readying the theater. After putting in a full day at their occupation, the occupations, the gaslighters spent hours into the next workday morning using Coleman lanterns until dawn brought them light. Wow. And then apparently the, the, this theater group, the Gaslighters, had actually previously performed in, in the South Bay um, starting back in 1965. At that time, they were called the Sutter Gaslighters, and they performed on Monterey Road in South San Jose at the junction of Monterey and Hillsdale Avenue at the site of a weird place I've never heard of before called Trader Lou's Amusement Park. Hmm. There were several buildings on the property, including a museum, Grandma's Kitchen, which was a restaurant, the Red Barn, whatever that is a golf driving range, and the awful, awful saloon. (laughs) It says here the gaslighters performed in, quote, the old banquet hall, which had a kitchen, restrooms, banquet area, some tables and chairs, and a large old fireplace. It was old, musty, and in disrepair. This area lacked one essential, the backstage bathroom for actors. The lack of this common comfort has caused problems for the gaslighters. It has given rise to the, quote, potty coat, a garment used by actors during rainy weather to reach the restrooms out front. Now, apparently, I was talking to mom and dad, and they actually had their first date at this older location of the Gaslighter Theater in the fall of 1968. Um, and then I guess they had dinner afterwards in that restaurant, Grandma's Kitchen, which is kind okay. of fun. Um, just uh, uh, as a note, I read on the website of the, the census office that apparently only about 6% of all marriages, U.S. marriages, last at least 50 years, which, uh, hey, mom and dad, congratulations. I mean, yeah, good job, you guys. Man. Um, some of the other um, – now, earlier I, I mentioned popcorn um, in terms of the, the, the gaslighter. Oh, yes. Do you have any memories of popcorn relating to this theater? Good. Lord, yeah. I mean, so much of your experience at the Gaslighter Theater was based around the 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 literal free basket of popcorn mm. uh, that you would get upon entering the theater, um, and the Virgo in me, because I can be a bit of a neat freak at times, um, wonders how anybody didn't go crazy because the popcorn would end up in your mouth. It would get thrown at people. It would get thrown at the villains. It would end up on the floor. It would end up on your shoe on the way home. Um, the popcorn would end up everywhere. And it wasn't really, it's not like it was amazing popcorn or anything. Like yeah. they literally had what had to have been like a five pound bag. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, it, if this was a, um, an oil barrel, Mm-hmm. You know, it would be a comparable size. This was a Mm -hmm. ginormous bag of popcorn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they'd come up and they'd literally just grab, you know, your red basket that if you were at a 
um, a fast food restaurant or something would probably be holding your uh, uh, chicken tenders and fries in it or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, grab the yes. basket, scoop it into the popcorn, slap it back down for you, and off they went to the next person. Um, it was like an oval plastic lattice basket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I know that there are mom and pop hot dog stands and hamburger joints and stuff that still use these. Yeah. They are still out there and, and, and listeners are probably familiar with what this looks like. Um, but I seem to remember that you could, I feel like in the early, early days of Costco, mm-hmm. you could actually still find this popcorn. And I remember yeah. like we caught a bag of it once. Right, right. And it probably took us, the four of us and our family, an entire year to finish it. Yeah, one newspaper article I saw from the San Jose Mercury News uh, quotes one of the gaslighters as saying that they sweep up about $8,000 worth of popcorn off the floor over any given year, which is amazing. Because you're exactly right. My memory is that popcorn was provided to the audience members not so much as a snack or a food option, but as a weapon to use to throw at the person on the stage who was the villain of the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, was yeah. almost like the prime, like, which is like so amazing in terms of like interactive theater. I mean, as a little kid, this was just like the most exciting thing. I mean, as a little kid, you, you know, you go to a theater or show a live performance and it's, you know, it might be fun and everything, but you know, you're supposed to be quiet. You're not supposed to interact with the people on stage. You don't mm-hmm. want to disturb them. And here's, it's like this beautiful, amazing upside down world where like that's actually encouraged. And it was just I remember it being just so much fun, you know. Um, apparently, apparently, uh, in nineteen in about nineteen eighty, the Gaslighter Theater was bought by um, two brothers, Richard and Mark Gaetano. Um, I think they had like been performing with the Gaslighters back until into the seventies, you know. Mm-hmm. Mark um, was the piano player, or as I read on numerous occasions, described not as the piano player but the piano banger, which I always thought was really funny, um, and. You know, we did mention how mom and dad had their first date at the Gaslighter. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe you you actually also went on a date with a girl to the Gaslighter. I, I did, yeah. Actually, my very first girlfriend. It was um, 1993. Wow. Um, and actually, it was just coming up on Valentine's Day, which is kind of funny since their, their uh, first performance in Campbell was on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, and I don't... It might have been our first kind of like big date. Uh-huh. I don't remember if we, we'd really had much of a date before then, but it was it was definitely during intermission. Uh, it was one of those things stepped outside and um, shy, sheepish me um, rather than um, kind of just stepping up and doing it was like, um, could could I kiss you? <laughs> Did you uh, say that? Did you actually say I, well, that? not not exactly in that voice. I, okay. I think that probably would have gotten a laugh than an actual kiss. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. But but yes, I I did genuinely ask. Yes. Wow. Well, that's this, the, this is me respectful and consent. What can I yeah, say? Yeah. Hey. I understand right. boundaries. You're gentleman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, had my first kiss outside the Gaslighter Theater during intermission. Wow. So not only did the get was the Gaslighter Theater where our parents had their first date, it's where you had your first kiss. Yep. I mean, this is pretty big stuff. Yeah. In 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 my racking my brain memory, I think I may have actually taken the girl that I first kissed to the gaslighter, but I can't be sure. Actually, the first kiss I ever had was during the movie Apollo 13 with this said girlfriend. Oh dear, Houston, do we have a problem? 
Yeah, which is just kind of awkward. But I wouldn't really call that. I see. I don't. I mean, it was definitely my first kiss, and she's my first girlfriend. I guess my first date was I went with a girl. It's weird because it was like just a girl, but it was like a platonic friend. But it was mm-hmm. still. It was the first time I did anything social with a girl where it was just the two of us by ourselves. We went to see uh, Nosferatu at the Town Theater on the Alameda. Oh um, wow! Which must have been. It was right after People to People, so I guess sophomore year of high school okay something like that 94 ish maybe sounds about um, right but, wow yeah so man yeah the the gaslighter um and it says something here it says uh, in the show notes something about you feeling a little embarrassed at times oh good heavens well yeah so now we i i don't remember what year mom and dad first started taking us to the gaslighter oh god oh. um and in the chaos that was october i didn't really think to you know email mom and dad or call them and be like hey do you remember when that was yeah um but i seem to remember at least at least being in my tweens yeah so somewhere in that you know 10 to 12 almost 13 range yeah i was gonna just say 1990 you know but yeah okay I, that again, you know, I mean, I was 14 in 1990, so it, it may have still been in there. So again, late yeah. 80s, yeah, very beginning of the 90s. I seem to feel like it was still late 80s, but okay. again, that's that's a gut feeling rather than basing it on any fact. Right. Um, and, you know, hey, I was old enough at that point to uh, kind of grasp the concept of, you know, girls having a pleasing shape and all that, you know. Okay. Um, and so there is part of the show, it must be the Olio, um, where everybody's singing along and the, the actors are kind of like parading through the audience as part of everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's kind of like their closing number. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is before everybody kind of files out and inevitably, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of these dancing girls would you know, basically make eye contact and been like, I'm singing, I'm dancing, I'm going to come sit in your lap. Yeah. And totally. all of a sudden here is, you know, uh, bright, colorful, vaudevillian womanhood just uh, planted <laughs> in my lap as it right. were. Right. In, in in, yeah. 14 year old Taylor's lap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, more popcorn. <laughs> yes, please. Cold drink. Um, right. it, it was always entertaining. Um, but yeah. there, there did come that age where it was kind of like, this is fun, but this is kind of awkward and I don't oh, know so. how best to react. Yeah. Total smile and nod. Yep. Yes. My smile and nod. Yes. I, I always seem to remember the gaslighters. Like if you would go to a show, you, you might be seeing a performance of a play where, you know, there's the villain, you know, the guy, the, 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 the arch typical, like, you know, the mustached villain, you know, the snidely whiplash type character. Oh, absolutely. But, but but sometimes they would twist it so it was like, like they would make that person like Bill Gates or somebody. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 they yes. threw something modern in there that was like relevant to South Bay and the time. Silicon Valley or something. Silicon Valley. Do you, do you, is that, is that a, do you, do you feel that memory being accurate? Or? I, I feel that memory being accurate. I can't really think think of a specific example right okay. but i i feel like their 
style and everything was so like it was almost half improv yeah it felt like you know they had a script they would you know plow through the script and everything but inevitably somebody would start to flub a line or somebody would would say something different or somebody would shout something from the audience right right um and and they would roll with it um when you were talking about the pianist kind of uh, uh chiming in every now and then mm-hmm. um i i have vivid memories mm-hmm. of that where mm-hmm. where the villain was trying to get the damsel to do something and um you know the the pianist would make some sort of snide comment and really and you know suddenly the fourth wall was broken mm-hmm. and and the villain is like you know having a sarcastic disagreement with the pianist over something and the the damsel is going all right guys can can, can we get back to me now or something right 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 yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. all totally. that kind of stuff um yeah. but yeah i i remember them making kind of topical references whether it be local politics or or uh uh you know something recently in the news mm-hmm. um they they took those kinds of liberties and um it was always it was enjoyable it was like oh yeah that's right that was in the news i get that you know totally. um but i think i think actually making these comparisons to watching old bullwinkle cartoons mm-hmm I mean, that is absolutely the gateway drug to uh, going to the gaslighter and enjoying the gaslighter because it is that same kind of thing. It's just live and vibrant mm-hmm. and in your face and you're part of it and more snacks. <laughs> because yeah, we have to live up to our review, more snacks. Right, right. I seem to remember there being, um, you could either be in the main audience, but there was like an elevated gallery in the back as well. Maybe? Yes, there was a small upstairs section. Yeah, and I think we we did both at both places at times. Yeah, you know? we have. I feel like I have more memories of being down on the ground floor, sometimes very close to the front. Yeah, right. Um, but yes, I think we have done the upstairs a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's there's so little material on the internet at least visual material for the gaslighter i can't tell you there's like a million videos on youtube of the gaslighter theater and campbell but a hundred percent of them as far as i can tell are videos of garage bands playing at the gaslighter when like local kids had rented it out i guess you know yeah there came a point i want to say in the later 90s right where i feel like the the appetite for their style of live theater wasn't as strong as it was. And and so in order to keep things going and mm-hmm. keep the doors open mm-hmm. is that they would do a lot of live music and they'd have local bands in, yeah. you know, like, like really just starting out, you know, this is our first gig kind of place. Mm-hmm. 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 I, there's one, there's a, there's a handful of photos from the time period. I remember of the, of the gaslighter of the exterior. And mm-hmm. there's one photo of their sign, I guess from the late nineties or early two thousands. And it's really neat because you can actually see their URL for their website. Yeah. And I've actually gone to the Wayback machine at archive.org and looked at their old website from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell, they, they actually closed on uh, May 31st, 2006, unfortunately. Um, 
according to that the website from that time period. Um, but one of the things that I think is kind of neat, the, uh, the, the, the former co-owner and piano player uh, at the Gaslighter that, that I mentioned earlier, Mark Gaetano, uh, he actually has a restaurant slash musical venue in Morgan Hill called 88 Keys Cafe. And he periodically plays piano down there. And there's old signs from the Gaslighter Theater, like decorating the restaurant and stuff. And I totally got to check this place out, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, let me know. Um... I think that'd be really great. I'll I'll be honest, you know, I know it has been almost a year since our first interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm, I go back and forth between being like, yeah, let's do an interview. I, I enjoy doing those and, and having lots of social anxiety mm-hmm. over doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would delight in finding a way to do at least one Gaslighter interview. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, if, and, and if it was one of those things where, like, you know, you could get a hold of one person and they could get a hold of a whole bunch and just do a big old round table and just I record would, the whole bloody thing. I would love to hear something like that. As um, far as I can tell, the, the performers were so tight knit as a family, basically. You know, yeah, as theaters often are. I mean, if nothing else, I'd be willing just to like, you know, put a twenty dollar bill in mark's you know tip jar at the piano just so he'd play some of the old timey you know tunes from that oh my god from the gaslighter amazing but i guess my holy grail would be like if if there were somebody who had like a whole movie of a performance of the gaslighter right do you know what i mean yes and it's it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility that somebody brought a camcorder once to you know, performance of Gaslighter, you know? Yeah, I've got a feeling it was probably, it would probably be the house doing it, not somebody coming in as a guest. Yeah, an audience member. As an audience member and recording it. I I highly doubt that. Um, And I I think even then, you know, you'd probably be like, um, you know, you can do photos in the, in, 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 in the, in the lobby. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we're up on stage. Don't, don't do photography in here. Right. 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 Kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is truly one of those things where we have such fantastic memories and that's literally all we have. Or like, it just seems like something that there would have been like an episode of like CBS evening magazine, KPIX, like Winnie Dakota or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Doesn't that just like, that's just, just, just screams like, like, do an episode on this or something. I don't know. But, Man, you would think. Really, yeah. you would think. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. Jeez. Well, um, I know. It was such a great place. The building is still there. Yeah. Um, last time I looked, I think there is like a, actually, oddly enough, a retro arcade. No. Is taking it, really? it back to the video games. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wanna, okay. Let me see if I can do this without making my keys too loud. Okay. Um level up yes that's what it's called okay here it is i found it let's because i i called the wrong thing at first i was bringing up a bunch Mm. of things that were unrelated hold on um so yes it does appear to still be open 400 east campbell avenue in campbell level up basically lvl space up Mm. it is um a cocktail bar a gastro pub and an arcade all at once wow well, yeah, I'm looking geez. at pictures of it on Yelp. Huh. Um, open from like, you know, three to midnight or noon to midnight, depending on the day. 
So I wonder if they just tore out all the old chairs in the audience area and just made it like tables for a restaurant. It, you know what? Let me look at some of these. Wow. You would not recognize it. Really? Holy smokes. Yeah. Is it that? Okay. Uh, let me see if I can chuck you this link real quick. I'm going to hop over to Skype and see if I can shoot that at you. Okay. While he's doing that, ladies and gentlemen, one thing I do want to mention, um, uh, of course, our parents are avid listeners to this podcast, so I don't want to spill Hi, the beans too much, but um, the uh, there is a uh, interesting um, gift that I've ordered off the internet uh, that is going to be the gift from my brother and I to our parents for oh, their... No, no spoilers. Uh, well, anyway, um, no spoilers. <laughs> we'll talk about it on next month's episode. We Stay will, soon. after they get it and they see it. All right, okay. Um, so I, so I have shot you a link in the, uh, the you have, chat function. Uh, chat, yes, chat. Uh, uh, here it is. Yeah, this okay, place yeah. does not look anything like it used to. The outside still does. All right, here we go. Uh, something's happening. My North Korean computer is struggling through this. Okay, it looks like... It doesn't look like the theater. It looks like a weird thing with a really low ceiling painted like a cloudy sky. Yes. Uh, like a okay. video game cloudy sky. I see lots of uh, pinball machines. I see lots... Oh, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man. I like that. Uh, Monsters That's, pinball. Uh, there's like 215 photos. I don't think I'm going to look at all of them, but... No. Um, is there really nothing that looks like the old theater, though? Other than the it doesn't front? doesn't look like it. Yeah, the exterior. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Like, I feel like I would have to be in this place to go, oh, yeah, this is where this was. This is where that was. Yeah. Oh, they got Tron. Well, geez, I have, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. I mean, I really I really like that it's a... Uh... So here's one picture, and it looks like a foyer with yeah. um, a tiled floor, and you can see an upper level and a lower level. Yeah, it's it's so different now. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, well, all good things must come to an end. Um, at least true. the building still stands. That's better, more than I can say about a lot of our childhood, uh, you know, uh, favorite places from uh, growing up in San Jose. Ain't that the truth? And downtown Campbell has changed a lot over the years. It has actually, yeah. But um, yeah, the Gaslighter Theater. You know, it, some of the history I was reading was really interesting. That I guess the main guy behind it was a guy named uh, Don Cup. Okay, and he worked for pack bell and um there was a a couple named the welties who were involved with like melodrama and live theater in the city of monterey going back to like the late 30s almost oh wow and they worked for pack bell too and i think they ended up in sacra here in sacramento and they did almost the exact same thing as the gaslighters but in the city of Folsom, and it was called the sutter gaslighters and this don cup guy was a member of their troupe, you know? And then Pac Bell, like, um, shipped him out to the San Jose office, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase. And so he kind of, like, opened up a, um, like, a satellite version of the Sutter Gaslighters in San Jose. That, and that was apparently the one that uh, Mom and Dad had their first date gotcha. at, you know? Well, that makes sense, because um, when you said it was the Sutter Gaslighters, I'm like, why Why would they use, be using the Sutter name in San Jose? I'm like, that's a yeah. Sacramento area thing. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's kind of neat, the kind of the heritage there, so to speak. Yeah, you know? no kidding. Um, I guess this Don Cup guy, I guess one of the, the folks that uh, ended up 
volunteering with the stage uh, as a as an actor um, was a lady named Faye, and they eventually fell in love and got married. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that was kind of neat. I think there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Like people would get married and they'd have kids, and their their kids would be involved with the gaslighters and kind of oh, grow sure, up in it. Sure. You know? um, it, it. It's definitely every every once in a while I'll throw up a picture on some of the San Jose nostalgia Facebook groups of mm-hmm. something from the gaslighter, and inevitably amongst all the comments that'll come up, there'll be somebody that either used to perform with them or was the sibling of someone who performed with them. Yeah. Um, which is, sometimes. it's really cool. But at the same time, I kind of, kind of tear whatever hair I have left out of my scalp being like, where are the whole movies? Didn't yeah. you guys take whole movies? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I'd, so. I'd like to think that that somewhere, you know, in one of these people's homes is just this treasure trove of, mm-hmm. um, programs and flyers and mm-hmm. photos because the thesis you got was what 77 79 something like it, that it was 77 and and the the author is really upfront about the fact that you know she went to a lot of the people the gaslighters from that time period and like nobody really kept anything wow uh, there was no like archive of old handbills or scripts or anything like that um uh, she had to look at a lot of old like newspaper ads, like oh, advertising crazy. the event, uh, asking, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, it's it's a really neat read. And I, I hope at some point you get a chance to uh, check it out from the library and take a look at it, too. Yeah, I would love to take a look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, wow. do we have well, anything else to say about this uh, rather colorful part of our, our growing up? Well, just I guess I guess folks, you know, if there are any local live musical theater in your communities, I mean, definitely try to reach out and you know patronize them and throw them a little business. I mean, I'm not sure if there's any melodrama anymore in Northern California, live musical melodrama. I mean, yeah, boy, I I don't know. I I hope that there is because it's it's such a fun art form and it's so um, vernacular and lowbrow and full of heart. Um, blue collar kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but, but folks, if you, if you have any favorite hometown theater memories for your, you know, maybe there were other theaters around Northern California or wherever you're listening to our podcast, please feel free to chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but you know what? I, I really feel like, I really feel like this is the closest I've ever gotten to. I know, I know I said this at the beginning, but, but, but back to the future, you know, I think we've, uh, I can almost just see mom and dad at the theater right now, you know. And hey, if that date hadn't gone the way that it did, I mean, you and I probably wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, who knew? I mean, this is pretty. This is pretty cosmic stuff when you think about it. You know? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And and let me take another moment here to just uh, you know wish our folks a very happy fiftieth anniversary. I mean, that's that's awesome. It, it's, totally. it's, it's it's an achievement and we love you guys and just thank you for everything you guys have done for us and how you've supported us through the years amen i mean my thesis for this po- podcast is basically like if you have happy childhood memories that's just another way of saying you had great parents you know what i mean so yeah. uh and we had some of the best i think so yeah thank you that folks is, that is for sure yeah so seb what are we doing next month to round out 2019 well, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, as of course, as I said, this in, this night's podcast has reminded me a lot of Back to the Future, seeing our parents at their first date. 
I kind of think that our next episode, our New Year's episode, is going to be a lot like the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, in the sense that we're going to be visiting ourselves. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I, I think it's... Uh, I don't know how much I, you know, basically in a nutshell, uh, our parent and cut this out if I'm saying too much. December 31st, 1989, 30 years ago, our parents set up the video Kelm video camera in the living room and sat my brother and I down on the couch with themselves. And we held a roundtable discussion of a recap summary of the 80s. What were the best movies, TV shows, foods, clothing, fashions, toys, all sorts of stuff. And... I stripped out some of the audio from this whole movie, and my dear beloved brother is going to be doing some dedicated audio editing to put this all together. <laughs> but we're going to take a look back at 30 years and see if our verdicts on things from the 80s still hold up or if we've changed our minds and whatnot. So I'm kind of excited. We're actually going to hear our 30-year younger selves in a way, I guess, when you think yep. about it. Yeah. This, this month will be light editing. Next month will be super heavy editing. I'm not sure if this is going to disrupt the space-time continuum, but there is that possibility, so fair warning. Um, <laughs> uh. Sounds good, Seb. I'm looking forward to it. I keep meaning to uh, pull those samples down from our shared folder and just kind of start listening to them, but I guess I have a month to do that now. Mm. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at MemoryServesPod. You can follow me on Twitter at BlueBoxUFO, and you can follow Seb... At Clan McMuffin. Always the best, and it makes me hungry every single time I hear it. Subscribe to us on iTunes, because I refuse to call it Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, and heck, wherever you consume podcasts. Just search if memory serves. Don't forget, we are also on Spotify. Uh, please rate and view us as well. You can see what happens when you do that. Uh, not <laughs> only is word of mouth great, but reviews are excellent, and we will read it, and we will thank you. Even even if you say, I don't sound dulcet-toned. Um, <laughs> Or, or if Seb goes on too long with random facts. I think they're awesome. So there. Oh. You can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Yes, SoundCloud is still around. SoundCloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. And you will get a feed of all the shows that we put out here on the network. Don't forget to check out N-O-T-L-G.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself one of our cool, cool If Memory Serves t-shirts. Um, and if you are in a position to uh, help out monetarily with uh, production costs and hosting costs and all that kind of stuff, go check out patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. I know at the beginning of the year we were like, we're going to do some really cool stuff and nothing has happened. And um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> life's been a little bit busy for our our fearless leader. Uh, it's been a little crazy for him. And so we're a little behind on that. But if you can help out, we totally appreciate it. Go check it out and become one of our Patreons. We also want to say thanks to Morgan Willis, who does our intro and outro music. You can check him out on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. Search up Morgan Willis, although on Twitter it is Morgan Willis 82 Just watch out for that. And whew, happy November. Happy 50th anniversary, Mom and Dad. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You're here. Um, happy. Hope you survived Black Friday. Um, although I would suggest everybody just stay home on the 29th and watch the uh, second season of Hell Year on Amazon Prime instead Ooh. of going out. It's going to be far more entertaining. Yes. And with that, we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night, folks.
Yeah. Yeah. If we get to a point where we can upload our consciousness to uh, to a computer, why not stick it in an animatronic moose? 